Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, it is Masters Week. Who is your pick to win the, the big tournament oh, here? You know, I, I saw that uh, Tiger Woods was on TV talking about being on the mm-hmm. Masters, and then it just es- it's completely escaped my attention. Right. I've been busy doing other things. I had a computer die this week. And when that happens, yeah. you know, that's my entire focus for a few days. So. Okay. Rest in peace to the computer. We will give you Tiger Woods by default, which yeah. mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's going to be an L because I, I'm not sure if my guy is making it to Saturday. I think he, I think he is broken down. He's a broken down man. And I, I think this might actually even be the last hurrah for him, but we will see. I think for me, Rory McIlroy is interesting. I think that uh, this part of the offseason and having the Masters back in its original summer springtime weekend is is great because it gives us something to watch. We don't have to worry about an NFL game taking place at the same time like yeah. we did this last fall. So the Masters uh, gets its spotlight. We do give you the spotlight here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show if you leave a damn review. We got no <laughs> reviews in once again. Last week, <laughs> we had a one-star review and a five-star review for a ripe average of two and a half, I believe, John, right? Is that right? Two and a half? Yeah, something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. which isn't great. That'd be, so That'd be three, actually. That five and three. one would be six See, divided not, by two. Yeah. Don't okay. When you leave your review, don't be rating how good I am at math because obviously... <laughs> I'm not so good. But if you leave a rating and review, we will read it right here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Leave a review about any of our shows, about all of them. We appreciate it, and we will respond and react right here. But, John, as is the case in the Apple iTunes reviews, not a, a ton going on right now mm-hmm. with the Kansas City Chiefs. As we get into our news roundup right now, the top story, in my opinion, of the week is that the Chiefs are returning to St. Joseph. So if this is the top story that we're talking about, you know it's a slow time in what they like to call the Chiefs kingdom. Yeah, I think it's okay, though. I like going to St. Joe. I think the fans like going to St. Joe. Uh, I went to River Falls once, and it was it was great fun. River Falls is a cool place. But, um, but St. Joe is more convenient for Chiefs fans, and I think it's good that they're going back. I think it's interesting here that Andy Reid just continues to dig his heels into what has been a two decades plus now long tradition of having the team go away to a college and have that month of bonding where for the most part, they're away from their families away from, you know, some of the younger players are away from some of the distractions that come with being a, a very popular NFL a player in, in your given city and Reed believes that at the end of this, the team is closer and who's to argue with the results. I mean, this is a program that has been to the playoffs nine of 10 times, which, you know, I know we talk about the two Super Bowls, but that to me almost is the most fascinating part of Andy Reed and, and what he's able to do is just get into the postseason. 
I think sometimes in KC, we take that a little bit for granted. Now he has a, an ultimate advantage of Patrick Mahomes, but he orchestrated that, right? So he deserves that in the sense of having Brett Veach here and Veach in the, the personnel roster and, and getting Mahomes to Kansas City. I'm getting off the beaten path already, so let's get back to St. Joe. I like the fact that it's in St. Joe. I don't like driving, John, to St. Joe back and mm-hmm. forth every day, yeah. but I, I, I do understand why they do it. And this is now, I believe, the third extension in a row for Missouri West. So the Chiefs like it up there. They like what the the campus is able to provide for them. And so they will now be there, John, officially until 2024 when I imagine they'll address a possible extension again. Oh, they'll be through 2024, right? Isn't it two years? Yeah. Isn't it the extension for two years? Okay, so mm-hmm. t- until 2025. But then yeah. again, you know, we may get another extension. Uh, I think they like I think they like uh, leaving us in suspense and having a barrel they can hold the Missouri well, Western people over. <laughs> that's what it is. Stuff. I, yeah, I think, <laughs> and I, I don't think this, I know, I know I saw a player smash their helmet into a garage mm-hmm. glass window and be concussed and then eventually cut. I imagine like that is a perfect example of, you know, maybe as you're saying two years from now, that could be like Missouri West. We need a, a bigger indoor facility or something mm-hmm. to the extent. Yeah. So it makes sense from a negotiating uh, standpoint, but I, I can't see this changing anytime soon. Unless the league were to come in and say that every team has to have it in their home city, we have seen less and less teams do this over the years. I, I believe the last time I looked into this, John, it was under 10 teams that are traveling mm-hmm. away. Most yeah. of them have it just at their own facility at this stage. Yeah. Not too many anymore. It, I mean, it used to be the thing. It used to be what everybody did. And you, you'd have a lot of teams doing joint practices with other teams that were you know, at a, at another college that was 30 miles away. Uh, they, the chiefs did that the year I was in river falls, uh, had a joint practice with the Minnesota Vikings. I believe it was, uh, but it's just, it's just not the same as it was in those days. And, and Andy Reed is definitely digging in his heels on it, but, um, who am I to argue with success? Cause it certainly has seemed to work out for him and his team. Yeah. I think we forget that these guys sometimes, you know, I think we forget the aspect that they're human as well. And mm-hmm. especially this year, right? How many chiefs left Kansas city? And this is going to mm-hmm. be, they won the title, but this is going to be a very different looking team. So you go up there a month. It's something that all the players make fun of the fact that you're in a dorm. It's not too comfortable. It's annoying to wake up early. They have meetings all day, but they're eating all day, but they're going through it together. And I, I think that's the, the key here. I don't know if Missouri West is locked in, but, so long as the NFL allows Andy Reid to do this, and he is the coach of the Chiefs, no, no guarantees that it's always Missouri West, but I, I could almost guarantee you that if he's allowed, he is going to travel for camp. So, yeah. again, this is just an extension uh, of that. John, we're coming off of WrestleMania weekend, and we had the ultimate NFL handicap match in Kansas City with Clark Hunt and Roger Goodell <laughs> going against Patrick Mahomes based on social media takes when it comes to Thursday night football. All right, let's start this at the beginning of what has been happening here. The NFL owner meetings happened last week, and among the things talked about, we mentioned all the rule changes last week, Were was Thursday night football. Here's the problem with with Thursday night football right now. Amazon Prime, Amazon and and its prime product, right? They paid about a billion dollars a year for the Mm -hmm. NFL. 
So that is a long deal. You could tell that because of declined ratings. And I think part of that has to do with, well, you went from Fox, which is on TV that everybody has to Amazon Prime, which you're going to have declined there, I think, initially, because folks are just not going to do it. There are some folks out there that say, well, it's on Amazon. We're not I'm not streaming this. I'm not paying extra for this. So but but the numbers were especially bad in in the decline, 46 percent from the year before. And Al Michaels was involved with this and and he was saying, well, a lot of it is matchups and folks weren't even tuning in at all in some of the later weeks in the year because all of them are pre-planned. And when they're pre-planned, you're going to get some stinkers. And Thursday Night Football happened to have a lot of stinkers down down the stretch. So the NFL at these owner meetings and says, you know, we have to find a way to make this better. There was back and forth. We know that John Mara of the New York Giants was very much against the idea of flexing Thursday night football, noting that we have to take care of our fans. What what ended up passing, uh, and, and this came to, to public light last week, was the idea that Thursday night football can happen to a team twice in one season. Patrick Mahomes, the face of the league, the face of Kansas City, the most popular person in Kansas City, hits the NFL with a facepalm emoji, which... <laughs> You know, he's a man of few, few words, no words at all, actually, in this case. But you get the message there. And then Justin Reed, this is worth noting, and Marquez Valdez-Gantling weigh in in different ways in, in support of Mahomes. As we, we go further in this, we find out that 22 of the 32 owners voted yes to flexing Thursday night football. So forget about having to know you're doing this twice, but the idea that not only can you do this more than once, but you could find out two weeks in advance. We'll see if it ends up being four weeks in advance. Hey, you're going to be playing on short rest and you're going to be doing it. And this is going to be a change nightmare. I think from a pre- preparation standpoint, especially if you're the, the team that is traveling that week nightmare when it comes to logistics, as far as getting to the certain city that you have booked for the weekend. And now suddenly you need hotel rooms on, on Wednesday, Thursday. And of course it's a a nightmare for health and safety. We've known that Thursday night football games are a little bit more unsafe because there's not enough of a recuperation period. Right. Right. These are players who have said to me in the past in in covering players, Hey, uh, when, when we get done with this game, it's like getting hit in, in a, in a car accident. It's like getting into a car accident where your, your body is just aching everywhere. And suddenly, you know, you're playing what three or four days later, uh, sometimes even even shorter than that if you're the Sunday night game or, or you happen to be uh, in a particular scenario where we've seen changes in the, in the past in the NFL. And so what ends up happening here is not only did Clark and 28 other owners vote for more than once a season, but Clark was one of the 22 owners uh, that voted yes when it came to flexing Thursday night football. So you can only assume that if Patrick Mahomes, Marquez, Valdez-Scantling and Justin Reed don't like more than one, they certainly don't like the idea of flexing and Clark Hunt leaned in. The problem here is that you need 24 votes again. they got 22 for it to become a rule. So they have not taken this off the table. This is on the table now, John, for what will be May mm-hmm. and and Hunt, for what it's worth, voted. We, we can assume before Mahomes and, and his feelings came out on this. And, mm-hmm. and it seems like they're on other sides of the table. You could see, as I explained, where this is good for business. That's probably the Hunt side, the, the Goodell side. And then you could see the, the player part of it where, A, it's unsafe, and B, is, is the quality that good? Is it fair to the player, players? Is it fair to the fans? 
Uh, John, what is your take on all of, of this coming out of the owner meetings in, in Kansas City? Well, you haven't even mentioned the part that's the biggest deal to most fans, I think, which is that if you plan to go to a game that gets flexed, uh, some fans have already had the this experience that right. they that they, uh, you know, make plans to travel to Mexico City, for example. This was a great example of how things can go wrong. Uh, that Mexico City game, which was moved to Los Angeles because the field was messed up on very short notice. And, um, you know, people had made essentially vacation plans to go to this game and then couldn't, you know, very selfish by Shakira. I, yeah, I maintain yeah, that. Right. To this day. Yeah. Yes. And so we're talking about doing something similar now, but on two weeks notice, which is not very much notice. If you've made hotel reservations and taken off work and got your kids out of school to go to a particular weekend or whatever, it's very inconvenient, uh, almost impossibly inconvenient uh, for fans to change from a Sunday game to a Thursday game. You know, Sunday to Monday, not quite as hard. Sunday to Thursday, that's a big deal. But I, I, I'll just say here, and, I, and, I, and while I, I feel with the fans who've had to put up with this, I, I get it. I totally get it. I've been a season, season ticket holder myself uh, at Arrowhead, not for a very long time, but I've done that. And I understand, you know, all, what's, what's at stake there. I really do. But the fact of the matter is, is the NFL is a television organism, and it has been for a long time now. Most of the viewership is on television. And whether we like it or not, this is the this is the lens through which the upper the upper branches of the ownership look at the league is is how it plays on TV. And um, and on that basis, it's going to be hard to get them to care much about inconveniencing fans. I know that's bad. I, 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 yeah. I know there's fans listening right now who are going, what a jerk for saying such a thing. But it's a fact that yeah. the NFL is a television business. I think this is where I land on. I think, which, which, which John, as you know, is, is correct. I think that <laughs> multiple Thursday night football games is understandable. I think you should cap it at, at two. And yeah. the schedule makers should try to do everything in their power to make it easier. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. On teams. Mm -hmm. Like if they're, I'll give you an example. If they're, on the road the previous Sunday. They shouldn't have to play Thursday night football. Agreed. You should be taking yeah. two home Sunday teams. And what yes, right. one is going to have to travel, but and then th that's just one example of what I mean when I, I say the schedule makers should try to do their best. I also think and I understand they're trying to make the product better. So you want to have the best teams and you have the multiple games. But I, I also think that you need to allow these teams to have something I, I think to gain in, in in the matter. And I think what you do is you take your, your best shot of having these teams probably from the year before, right? There's always going to be some teams that come out of the woodwork. You take your best shot and say, all right, like let's go to last year, John. Mm -hmm. And and I know there have been different talks about where this game's going to be played. We'll see, but the lions are kind of coming on and the chiefs are, are going to be there. They're, they've, they've established that consistency. You know, maybe you have the Chiefs and Lions be Thursday night football rather than, you know, the Chiefs and, and uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to 
create a hypothetical here, but let's say the Jets, if they still had Zach Wilson, maybe right. you throw that mm-hmm. game on yeah. Thursday night. And you take your best shot. And 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 I think by allowing teams to play multiple times, though still not ideal, you, you take your best shot. I wonder, as we see now, a Black Friday game will be on this schedule. Um, I wonder if you start to see more of these off day, like at what point do Tuesday and Wednesday come into play? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, right. I just well, think yeah. we are on a, uh, a change here where I, COVID was a really interesting thing. You mm-hmm. know, I can say we're through it for the most part, but in business, and this isn't just the NFL, this is just in life in business. It taught a, a owners a, a lot. Like, I think you've seen businesses now get rid of buildings. Buildings mm-hmm. aren't as bright. You mm-hmm. can save a lot of money there. So I think what the NFL realized through that whole weird COVID year was, shoot, you know what? A lot of people tuned in for this weird right. t- Tuesday evening football. A mm-hmm. lot of people were, were clamoring for a, a game after Thanksgiving. I'm telling you right now, I will be locked into whatever game is after Thanksgiving, right? Like, we'll be locked in on Friday. What are you, what are you going to be you're right. It's like a, mm-hmm. a big family. So you get why that why they they do it, but I I just the Thursday night football in its creation can has been opened, and now what the NFL learned is not only is there money, big money when you have a big matchup on Thursday night, but there's other nights too. And so I I just think at a certain point you get you got to think of the fans and players. I I think you made a great point. Like I don't know how you could reasonably flex it in the middle of the year when it involves, this is your customer, as you said, John road road and people like to take road trips, but like taking a day off on mm-hmm. Monday yeah. mm-hmm. or Friday or, or doing that. Like say you have Friday, Monday off from your day job. You have your flight booked for let's say Friday, right during the day to get mm-hmm. in the city and explore it. And then suddenly the game's on Thursday night. So you're, whole plan that that you've planned in advance to save money and make this affordable because you know you save money it's expensive. by yeah mm-hmm. it's now suddenly astronomically expensive to change on the fly 15 days or 28 days later i think that's where they ultimately land i i think they keep the multiple games they try to take their best shot at it and i don't know if flexible thursday nights will ever be a thing because i i tend to think when the owners want something they'll keep knocking at the door until it happens but i I could see based upon the player pushback, you hope maybe some of the closed door coach pushback, they they curb this flex. But again, we'll see how the vote goes in May and we'll see if Clark Hunt actually changes his vote. Yeah, well, I, and I think one of the things that we need to remember here is that um, those meetings in May are not covered the same way that by the media, the same way that the March meetings are. And that's because the coaches and GMs are not there. It's just the owners. So there's not as many media events. There aren't as many reporters there. It's more of a closed door kind of thing. And they may have, you know, the the conspiracy theory interpretation of what's going on here is that the owners tabled it until May so they can vote on it. And nobody knows who voted for it and who voted against it because there won't be as much reporting about it. Now, I, I don't think that'll be the case. Somebody will get the information, you know, somebody like Peter King will find out and it'll be out there, but it won't get as much press as it would have if it had happened in March. 
So uh, that's something I think we need to remember going into this thing. And I think it's also important to note that there were two teams that abstained from the vote um, in in March. And all you got to do is get those teams to vote one way or the other. And they may have abstained because they didn't want to go on the record about it right now. And they wanted more time to think about it. So it may not be very hard for the league to get those 24 votes and make this thing happen uh, in May. The initial pushback from Roger Goodell when it came to the players and player safety is, well, you guys get three days off. I mean, which yeah. is true. But oh, it, boy. That yeah. is not equal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't that, that was pretty I mean, tone deaf. Yeah. Is... <laughs> Rogers' yeah. bosses are the 32 owners, so you get why he's trying to create a case on the other side. It, look, we all have jobs, we all have bosses, but shoot, I just don't know if that was the right angle, Raj. Anyway, we'll see how that that goes. Um, it's relevant for the Chiefs, and that's why we're we're having such a long discussion about it because the Chiefs are a prime juicy team to yeah. reflect, and especially if they're already booked for one and then have to do the other. And just as a reminder, the initial Thursday night opening weekend does not count they don't really consider that thursday night football that's like almost like a separate entity so yeah i believe and this is just me putting all the pieces together the chiefs could be on thursday night to open the year maybe have another one that's pre-scheduled and then have an added one so they may, mm-hmm. who knows i mean they, they could have yeah i think by the laws be playing on three thursday nights as we we go here all right let's get into the, some other stuff here john the chiefs are bringing back a safety Dion Bush, Jared, wrote this up for us. Bush played 73% of Kansas City special team snaps in 2022. Very clearly a a Dave Tobe signing here, uh, you know, with, with the, the safety room in particular. I, I think you can see a pretty clear path for Dion Bush making the team. It's just one mm-hmm. of those guys you have to remember where you're, you're wondering, okay, are they going to take this rookie defensive back? Well, Dion Bush played... 73% of the snaps. So this year's Nazi Johnson, you're going to start on the practice squad. So that's, you should keep this player in mind when you're, when you're doing your 53 man projections. Right. Well, there's always a few of these that are Dave Tobe specials. And I think this is one of them. Um, and at least he'll have had uh, a year of experience in the system, which is something that he did not have last year. He had a veteran guy uh, who wasn't familiar with uh, Dave Tobe's way of doing things early in the year. We should see, somewhat of an uptick in the quality of the special teams play this year if they don't have to put as many rookies in there. So that's something else to watch going forward. Yeah. I, I remember you making that point last year, John, this was, this was you know, talk about la- last week's iTunes comment. This was a little bit of a soapbox of yours where mm-hmm. yeah. special teams were struggling and you were like, well, they so should be struggling because yeah. they're rookies. And I, I said, you know what? That's that's a decent point, Judd. So I, yeah. I think you're right. I think getting some of that veteran presence there. That in, going into last year, the Chiefs lost some key veterans that have been there forever yep, in special teams. So I think you're right. Maintaining some of that consistency might be a point of emphasis here. We'll stick with you, John. Discussing uh, how the Chiefs are are saving more money this year. Brett Beach is always looking for those little wrinkles. This is something you wrote up for us on, on AP. Yeah. Um, for a number of years now, we've uh, something I've often covered for an Arrowhead pride has been uh, the team's use of what are called veteran salary benefit contracts, VSB contracts in the BSB. vernacular. Yep. And there's a couple of different kinds. I'm not going to get into that here, 
But uh, what they do essentially is allow a team to pay what a player makes uh, as an NFL minimum salary for what uh, for the number of years they've played. It has to be at least four years of experience. And then against the cap, the team pays only for a player with two years of experience. So there's some significant savings there, uh, not a whole ton of money. But if you have, um, you know, eight or 10 players who have these kinds of contracts, it adds up to a couple, three million dollars, which is enough to sign yet another player under the cap. Now, they have a little thing in these structures for these VSB contracts where you can pay them the uh, minimum salary you get, uh, you can pay them an additional bonus. This is hard to explain of $152,500. That's a specific amount that you're allowed to, allowed to give them an additional com- compensation over their NFL minimum salary. That money is carried against the cap along with the two-year credited season minimum. Now, normally the Chiefs have paid this $152,500 signing bonus to these players who were on these contracts. And I think the reason has been that, you know, you're asking these players to be on a minimum contract. And if you're a player who's on such a contract, Uh, you're not making a whole lot of money. And here's a team that comes to you and says, okay, we want to keep paying you the minimum, but we're going to give you this bonus, $152,500. Well, you know, if you're making a million dollars a year, that doesn't sound like much, but it's a signing bonus that's paid in March. Right. And teams don't pay players really (laughs) their salaries until the season begins. So this is kind of a big deal to a fringe player who's playing for a minimum contract to get one of these $152,000 bonuses. Mm. But here's the deal. This year, Kansas City has not been doing that. So far, we've had seven Kansas City players who have signed VSB deals. Only two of them have had these bonuses, and normally most of them do. And that has allowed the Chiefs to save another, oh, it's around $750,000 in cap space. What that says to me is that the Chiefs are really working hard to save every dollar of cap space because they're still fighting through uh, this narrow space they have to get through uh, with Patrick Mahomes' contract and still bringing in some uh, free agent players. Uh, and paying for those kinds of players another year or two i think they won't have to do this as much but right now they're hanging on to every dollar they can and this is just an example of 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 how we can see that yeah i mean they they had a marquee signing in in juan taylor right and you look at the rest of the roster not as many other spicy moves and so as you were saying as you're your cost cutting here, what they took care of was what they felt was a necessity. And mm-hmm. right, things yeah. went sour with Orlando Brown. The, the now he's the Bengal here, Bengal Brown. And it turned into <laughs> we need a tackle to, to replace him. So they took care of what they considered a a need. They've sprinkled in some seasoning here. And, you know, we talk about, John, how players going into contract years are really I'm betting on myself, guys. Brett Veach saw what he was able to do. Brett Veach and his team 
he represents the whole team, but they saw what they were able to do in, in terms of the draft class of 2022. And I think part of it, what they said to themselves is we're, we're, we're good at this. We can do this again. And we're going to see how the class of 23, with the, the Kansas city graduation celebration on, on the stage at union station, how the class of 2023 can maybe fill the void of some of these players that have left in free agency, you know, and, and Andrew Wiley comes to mind, a, a Juan Thornhill mm-hmm. comes to mind, yeah. you know, that mm-hmm. they brought on, on Mike Edwards. And, you know, we're going to see, okay, look, you did it once. Can you, can you repeat? I mean, <laughs> I've said this before. I don't know if you can reasonably ex- expect seven to eight solid contributors out of the NFL draft, but who am I? I mean, I, Isaiah Pacheco had 800 yards and he was drafted in the seventh round and the chiefs have been really good on, on day two and day three, who knows what they end up doing on, on day one. I, I think it can go in a lot of different directions. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a, in our second segment here, but I'm intrigued. I, I think it's an interesting plan. I think they must've really liked Taylor because that was really the, the significant mm-hmm. contract yeah. that they, they ended up handing out. I know that Amena who did I, I keep messing this Amena who, was got it you got it brought in as well but again it, to me that's more of a value signing in a sense so we'll we'll see where it goes i i think you're right i i think they're trying to be very careful with with the cap and and not going too much over and maybe maybe this is a, a good hypothetical to, to bring up too maybe in his earlier gm years brett veach would have said no we need odell beckham jr here and have right, has right. handed that contract out already when it just seems like he has a little bit more of a knack for market read. Now that you said, Orlando, go, go get your contract. He was right. And yep. maybe he's saying to, yeah, people are wondering, well, are they going to go get bring, bring Odell in? Yeah. For, for the price that he wants him at. And that's why you still have not seen Odell s- sign anywhere. So it, I think that all kind of meshes into it, John. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And uh, this was, you know, it was not hard to predict there would be a couple of years like this where the Chiefs are going to have to work through making a transition from a team that regularly relied on high priced free agents to one that basically replenishes its roster through the draft. That's a it takes a number of years to make that transition. And I think the Chiefs are a couple of years into it, and they've still got a couple of years to go where they won't have these kinds of difficulties. And we'll also be able to see whether or not they'll be able to sustain it. As you say, you can't always count on getting seven contributing players in the draft. But what do we know? Maybe Mm -hmm. Brett Veach is going to show us something about what's possible from the NFL draft just because they're willing to put these players out there. I know uh, that this will be very interesting. Yeah. I know that that it's hard to give someone an award based upon two years of work, but if the Chiefs are able sure. to fill all these needs uh, again, and let's say I'm I'm gonna make the measuring stick of getting to a sixth straight AFC title game. It doesn't have to be at mm-hmm. home. Right. Well, I'm yeah. not gonna right. not gonna be yeah. go crazy here. But shoot, <laughs> if they're able to, to do that again, I understand you have Patrick Mahomes, but at some point here, he should be right there in the, the meat of the executive of the year for what he's been able to do these past couple of years. So we shall see how it goes. John, you had an interesting article this week. You had it noted something that Peter King revealed earlier in March. Uh, changes in 2023's NFL TV coverage will mark the end of an era. Here was the 
snippet from King. Adding to the schedule intrigue is the fact that for the first time, all lines between the AFC and NFC package will be obliterated in 2023. Great, great word word by my fellow Peter. CBS is no longer the presumed home of all non-primetime AFC versus AFC games and all AFC versus NFC games when the AFC team is the visitor. So they have taken away that that line of of Fox and and CBS and it's a it's a free for all melee, John. Yeah, uh, after I thought about this for a couple of days, uh, I, I'd had a little time to think about it because a little marination, we, yeah. Yeah, we were we were busy with free agency there when that article came out on March 16th and I I stuck a pin in it so I could come back to it later and I'd had some time to think about it and I realized that this was just this was like putting the final uh, flower on the casket of the American football league, because this is the one way that old AFL fans still felt like they were different than people who grew up with the original NFL uh, without the, the AFL in it, because, you know, we'd been watching uh, these teams play on the same television network. And that's part of the game day experience. You know, the announcers who call it, the way they shoot it, you know, how they do their, their in-studio stuff at halftime. It's all part of the experience for fans. And if you, you know, mostly watch one team, then there are days you're watching, you know, a different crew and a different uh, halftime thing because a few of those games will be on another network. Well, now it's going to be a free-for-all. You're not going to know from one week to the next uh which network is going to carry the game. And I think it's going to be different, more different than people maybe realize now. And uh, certainly more different than it's been for my lifetime. Yeah. I have had conversations with casually with some friends that are, are chiefs fans. And I don't know what happened to him. It was a great come up and the great fall down, but nobody wants to hear Tony Romo on their game anymore. So <laughs> this is probably a good thing for that crowd. Uh, yeah, sick of hearing Romo call. I, I've heard. Chiefs I've had a couple year. of people compl- saying that. Does that mean we get more Joe Buck? And I understand where people come from with that, but he's not on Fox anymore, so that isn't going to be part of the the equation there. Yeah, I, I I don't want to speak for all Chiefs fans because I'm I'm sure you all don't feel this way, but I'm going to say based upon my read of Twitter and comments and whatever. Sure. I think 90% of Chiefs fans would be thrilled if Kevin Harlan was on every game. Just put him oh, on yeah. every single game and they call it a day. <laughs> and they would be good to go. I, let me know if I'm wrong about that. If you, if you disagree, you, tweet at me. You know, I didn't put this in the article, but I discovered something interesting while I was researching it. That up until the late 60s, the CBS broadcast of the original NFL league the 16 teams of the nfl that existed up until 1970 up until the late 60s those teams had their own announcers for every Mm -hmm. game yeah like there was a guy who did all the giants games and there was a guy who did all the packers games now they were all cbs people cbs had the contract to do all of them but they had specific announcers for specific games it wasn't until the merger happened that you started to have a number one team, I, a number two team, et cetera. I know this is a radical idea, but I would, I would prefer that. I would like yeah. that. I, I, I know that 
And you always say, well, it's saving these companies money to not do that. Well, who cares? I You have so much money that goes into it. If you want to improve the product, like imagine if Kevin Harlan called every Chiefs game mm-hmm. and there was yeah. just. Yeah, I, I just I know I, I guess when you get into the primetime games, it would have to be only I guess when you're talking about this, oh John, it would have to be only in that early or afternoon window. When it you got to prime right. time, you probably would have to have that announcer mm-hmm. take take a seat. But I like the idea. I know it sounds crazy, but I, I but then you would have to have these thirty two teams and you would have to have two teams calling it for each given game that is in those early to win and then they would be off on the weeks that they would have prime time. So it gets a little it gets a little muddled. But I I know it's probably way too late to have something like that in the NFL. But I, who, who knows? You see all these changes. Never say never to any any idea that that unfortunately, John, as we say, will make the owners more money. Right. If that somehow you can prove that your own team's announcers can make the NFL more money then maybe they they would lend an ear. Well, you know, I think it's money. interesting. Oh, okay. Let me, go ahead. Let me just add one thing to this. One of the things that fans always talk about is, and and the Chiefs Radio Network promotes this idea, is turn off the TV audio and listen to the the radio audio as you watch the game. And see, John, because of the I know you delay can figure issues, this out. Yeah, there's I don't know delay issues there. Set yeah, the delay. Yeah. I, right. Because yeah. right, the radio is always ahead of the right. television. Right. Even there's, if you could find a way to delay the the radio that's yeah you know i gotta get dan israel on the phone and say you know what you need <laughs> back up 15 second button let the let the audience be able to time this thing they may this may already exist i am i'm way over my head right now but an app that can make it go 15 to what 45 seconds or so later yeah and you just time it well there there are guys who figured out how to do this and i and i i haven't ever spent any time trying to figure out how to do it myself but it's interesting to me that people do this and people like it because the radio announcer who's a team employee has a chief's bias and people like to listen to that, just like they like to come to Arrowhead Pride because we have a chief's bias. It's the same thing. But I find it interesting that when NFL Films does a package of film from a, different, a particular game, they use the radio play-by-play. On yeah, that, it seems like they're more excitable than the TV. Yeah, yeah, and and you have to wonder whether the TV product would be better if they did that. If they just used the the team's radio voice for the play by play for each broadcast, so that you're always hearing Mitch Holthus, or you're always hearing whoever it is that does the Raiders game if the Raiders are playing. You know, I think I, I don't it makes sense to me. Yeah, well. I mean, we are we are really in the weeds of the offseason because we have gotten down <laughs> quite a rabbit hole. We have to do something with this segment, and that's put the hammer down. And we'll continue <laughs> with Kelsey Jam. The year of Travis Kelsey is just happening, and there's a new feature of it each and every week. He won his second Super Bowl. He had this great podcast that came out. He's done saturday night live already which how often do you have a saturday night live where you have the entire audience in agreement that you did a fantastic job i don't think that's usually the case he he nailed saturday night live now he's having the first pitch at the cleveland guardians game on friday remember he's from cleveland heights that goes into the new heights nickname for his podcast 
And on draft week, he's doing the live podcast on Wednesday at one concert hall. I forget where, where that is. And it's now the musical yeah. at the Azura Amphitheater, it's Kelsey Jam. Music festival, 6, 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. Uh, it would have been cooler if he put 6 p.m. to question mark. But alas, Kelsey <laughs> Jam is hitting Kansas City uh, with, with Rick Ross and Machine Gun Kelly and Tech 9 among, among others. They, they're going to have a Kelsey combo with Cleveland mustard sauce barbecue. I'm not, not going to have it. Um, but <laughs> the year of Travis Kelsey continues. And I, I wonder, John, is, is this a sign of him beginning to realize, you know, I, I got probably more behind me than in front of me when it comes to playing years. Let me let me set myself up for the future, because if, if that's sort of the energy, I mean, he is writing a, a, a notebook. A, he's creating a blueprint on how to, I think, have the last stretch of your career sort of match meshing the off the field businesses with what you still have as a really high level, high quality on field product. I, I completely agree. I mean, I think that the new Heights podcast is going to be popular long after Jason and, and Travis are no longer playing. They're doing a terrific job with it. Um, you know, this thing that he's doing at uh, Azura Amphitheater uh, is something that he could take to other NFL uh, cities you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in Kansas City. It's just easier here. And of course, Travis is not doing the concert promotion. He's getting somebody else to do all this stuff for him. He's just adding his name to it. But, you know, that's a legitimate thing to do if you've got a name to sell. And uh, I, I agree. This is a he's he's writing the book on how to transition into a post NFL career and still be a, a significant part, a significant person in society. I think it's great. Yeah, the problem is that he's got a very unique and likable personality, and it goes into the aura of Kelsey with the fashion and the, you know, that mm-hmm. intangible swag. And so, I, you could see where other players might try to repeat this later, and it not really work for them. Um, you know, it, shout out to The Rock and, and John Cena, who's failing at creating a movie career right now, just to continue with our <laughs> WrestleMania theme, John. Um, but but it, it's amazing. It's actually amazing to watch. I, I, I've coined this. I think 2023 is the year of Kelsey. And I, I think for hardcore Chiefs fans, you expect a lot of the success to continue on the field. And why not? I, I think if there's one position where you could still continue to dominate at, at the age of 34 through about 36, 37. We saw it in Kansas City and then Atlanta with Tony Gonzalez. You can do that at tight end. I, I do think the Chiefs are probably beginning to wonder, you know, what's next at the position. That's where Brett Beach comes into play. He's always one step ahead. It, it will be intriguing to see if the Chiefs end up taking a tight end, speaking of, of draft week and draft weekend, uh, to go along with Noah Gray and Jody Fortson and Blake Bell. Um, so as Kelsey's off-the-field career uh, continues to bud, we have John Elway, whose off-the-field career is is getting off, off the train tracks a little bit. John Elway, his contract will not be renewed with Denver maddening enough to see what Elway did on the field against the chiefs. It continued with how well the Peyton Manning idea went. And finally this nightmare has come to a sweet end. I think for, for chiefs fans where you're not going to have to see Elway in the mix and don't forget it. A lot of it has to do probably with the, the Broncos new ownership and sure look, this, this one isn't for John, for them. They don't really get care. They just want to see a, 
successful business moving forward. It's all about what you're doing for me now. So uh, John Elway no longer <laughs> with the Broncos job. Well, you know, I, I, I was just I was getting amused by this while you were talking about uh, Travis Kelty, Kelsey, uh, you know, writing the book on how to transition into a post NFL career. And John Elway should throw his book away because it really I mean, yes, it was successful when he got Peyton Manning. But otherwise, uh, Elway's career as a general manager was a disaster for the Broncos. Um, I, I wrote this piece up on Arrowhead Pride today, and I didn't you know, make a big deal about the fact that the Broncos have been mostly terrible while he was running the show there. But except for the years that Manning was there, they were. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, that was really not a, a good thing for him to get into. But I can kind of see why it happened the way it did, because the man in Denver was was a god uh, as he came off the field in 1998. I think it was was his final year as a as a player. So, um, you know, I, I, I think there's plenty of Chiefs fans who wish he would still be uh, working in the front office in Denver. <laughs> he is no longer. Yeah. This is one of those things, too, where. The organization doesn't want to have to fire Elway. Right. They just say, well, I think we're good on this next contract. Sorry, sir. <laughs> Tough. We'll, we'll see what Elway. I, I can't imagine this is the last we've seen of Elway. Like maybe with a Broncos polo, or an orange tie. Right. But I, I tend to think he'll do something in the realm of the league. I think it's going to be very much like Dick Vermeil after his career as the chief's head coach where he was often around the stadium and yeah. somebody that they talked to unofficially all the time and still do as a matter of fact, uh, yeah, I he, think it's going to be like that. He gives a, I know for a fact he gives a speech every year for chief's fantasy camp. So um, those middle-aged slightly overweight men, I'm not judging. I'm one of them. <laughs> They all got an arrowhead <laughs> pick for meal, <laughs> you know, gives them a, a nice talking to. So that's good. All right, John, we are, we somehow made 45 minutes over a lot of dumb stories. So we are going to take a quick break and then get into the latest mock draft update. Stay with us right here on the arrowhead pride editor show. Hi, we're visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees. We don't have them. Annual contracts. Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, John, you've, you've done a great job for us in, in keeping the mock draft percentages, these mock drafts logged. What is the latest update on where these experts see the Chiefs going when it comes to their, their first pick in the NFL draft? Well, we've had like, I think, about 65 mock drafts that we've covered on Arrowhead Pride this year. And um, looking at the whole, the whole kit and caboodle of those, about 40% of them have uh, gone with an edge rusher in mm -hmm. the uh, first round. Uh, and then a little over 20% of the offensive line and about 17% in wide receiver. Um, the interesting thing is that since uh, I've, I've made established this cutoff of March 20th, which is a few days after, actually a week after the 
legal tampering period began, which is the actual beginning of free agency. So since March 20th, we kind of knew what big moves teams were making um, uh, in free agency changes what their draft needs might be. Um, the percentages have changed quite a bit. Um, now uh, edge rusher uh, is at, still at 40%, but offensive line has risen up to 28%. And we've got some defensive tackle numbers in there, uh, okay. but right now uh, the uh, the the most picked pay- player is a guy that we're going to need some pronunciation help on uh, over and yes. over again. <laughs> I was just about to say I would not get a, a Menahood twice in the same show. So the latest <laughs> Todd McShay draft, the Chiefs right? are selecting Kansas State's edge rusher Felix and UDK Uzuma out of of k-state every man a wildcat shout out to the the k-state faithful he is and this is todd mcshay's words i'm gonna read this for you speed rusher who can beat double teams and pursue the quarterback with relentless effort 19 and a half sacks 30 and a half tackles for losses becoming a starter with the wildcats in 2021 the chiefs were second in sacks last season with 55 but much of their production came from the blitz or chris jones on the interior adding felix adds to an edge rush group that already includes Karloftis, Omenahu, and should create a little bit more balance. McShay continues as an aside. I bet the Chiefs take a look at their wide receiver board when they're on the clock too. Tennessee's Jalen Hyatt could be a fun, deep threat addition to this offense. I know that a lot of K-State fans coming out of March Madness would love to see, forget the year, Kelsey, Mm -hmm, the year K-State continue with the Chiefs going uh, in that direction, dipping into Manhattan and because I knew we were going to have this discussion, that's when I made our flash poll today, John. So I'm going okay. to throw it to you here. This was my question to the Arrowhead Pride and, and Chiefs Kingdom. Assuming all the best players will be available at number 31. This is so I avoided those snippy comments back. Assuming all the best players <laughs> will be available at number 31, which position would you like the Chiefs to take with their top NFL draft selection? The choices, pass rusher. Offensive tackle, wide receiver, or something else. I'm gonna guess Pat. I'm gonna guess edge rusher. I think. Yeah. John puts up edge rusher, and he is incorrect. Steve, we need a sounder. For, oh, for, for a buzzer. <laughs> no, it's wide receiver. Barely though. Thirty-eight percent on wide receiver, 36 on pass rusher, only 24% offensive tackle. It's probably because some of that thirst was... There we go. Yeah, see, <laughs> Steve coming in late with the sound effect. Uh, very nice, Steve. Uh, I, I think uh, you understand that wide receiver and pass rusher, I think, is, is going to be the top two uh, simply because the Chiefs have quenched the thirst of offensive tackle, I think, a little bit with the Taylor signing. 30% uh, of wide receiver, so you can tell that there is some panic about depth there. I think right. they take a wide receiver in this draft. I just don't know if it's going to be the top pick. I, I really I'm not I I I I sense that if they like an, an edge rusher or a tackle. I know that we we talked about how Taylor fills that need, but I, I just think those are are positions you need. Like we just saw the Chiefs win with and, and you know lack for better words a ragtag wide receiver group. I really think they need to add more talent when it comes to a pass rusher and an offensive tackle, John. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I just think it's going to be one of those situations where it's going to depend on which players are available when they get to 31. 
And uh, See, this and, is what I tried to avoid with the poll, John. And, and yeah, there you go. You yeah. go right to the best. You go to the best player available. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's always what Brett Veach wants is to get to the draft with all of his needs covered in some way, if not the ideal way, so that he mm-hmm. can just get the best players. Um, so I, I'm I'm just not really sure that I can predict what's going to happen in this deal. So. Again, the the wide receiver, 38%, pass rusher, 36 offensive tackle, 24 something else around 1.52%. So that's more than 1,000 votes, usually a good indicator of how, how everybody's feeling. So a third on wide receiver, a third on edge, about one in every four on offensive tackle. And then we have a, a group of, of Chiefs fans that really just want them to go in a surprise direction, which you never know, honestly, yeah. with this personnel yeah. staff, if, if that can happen. I did think of when you were talking about best player available, John, and I think I've told the story on, on the editor show, but if, if you're new to the show or haven't been listening for a long time, we put up a photo of John Dorsey when he was still the Chiefs GM at camp one year, and he was doing the pancake breakfast, and it was a really funny picture of him serving pancakes, and I asked for captions from our Arrowhead Pride <laughs> readers and listeners, and someone wrote best pancake available, and I just thought... This is a perfect caption. I don't know if a, a caption contest would ever be better one than this one that we ran right here. I'm just sitting here eating my pancakes. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. Uh, speaking of Steve, who was Johnny on the spot with that that sounder there, we're going to bring him in and have a roundtable to end our editor's show. And we're going to go back to the free agent pool. And we've noted that a lot of chiefs have left in free agency. Juan Thornhill is now with... Cleveland Browns. Andrew Wiley is a a commander now. Who else did we lose? We lost Ronald Jones to to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Colin Saunders is now with the the New Orleans Saints, among others. But there are still some remaining 2022 Chiefs that are out there. Uh, We'll list them right here. And then, Steve, you haven't been able to talk all show. We'll go first to you, then to John, then to me. The question is, which remaining Chiefs free agent is the most important for this team to return? The options. Darius Harris, the linebacker, he was a restricted free agent. The Chiefs chose not to tender. He's now unrestricted. Running back Jarek McKinnon, a fan favorite. Wide receiver Justin Watson. Defensive end Carlos Dunlap and defensive tackle Brandon Williams. Steve, welcome to the program. Great job with the sounder. Which direction are you going in here? I think there's a couple of guys on that list that are tempting, but I think that I would lean towards Carlos Dunlap coming. Woo! back. If, uh, if I had to pick one guy out of that group, I think that Carlos Dunlap is the guy that can provide the most impact based on what the chiefs currently need. And they need another edge rusher. Like they like to have four or five guys that they can rotate through throughout the entire regular season. And with Frank Clark gone, you're down to you know, George Karloftis, Mike Dana, you bring in Charles Amenahu. And I think that Carlos Dunlap still has enough juice left in the tank. He steps right back in. He knows the defense after playing with them last season. He continues the trend of the chiefs bringing in these veteran uh, edge rushers just to have bodies and to have guys that they can put out there to kind of mix up the snap counts. And I think that he fits right into what they need, and I don't think that he's going to be expensive. I think that Carlos Dunlap coming back makes a lot of sense unless he decides he wants to retire or something. This also may be one of these handshake deals with Carlos between Brett Mm -hmm. and Carlos where they're saying to each other, Carlos is like, man, I've had 100 sacks in this league. I don't think I need to do the offseason or training camp. (laughs) 
for half right. of training mm-hmm. camp. Like maybe he's brought back in the middle of camp just like he did last year. It was fine last year, right? He had less off season than everybody else, and he was yeah. a, a really look. It's it's not the Carlos Dunlap of old where he's going to be every down affecting the quarterback, but it's it's a good player that you need in the mix. So I don't I don't hate it. Thirty four years old. I think if the Chiefs sign him, like I said, I, I think it'll be during training camp. John, do you agree or are you going in a different direction? Well, I think Steve has made a compelling case here uh, for Dunlap as being a guy who'd be very impactful without very much money spent. But again, I think it's going to depend on whom the Chiefs draft at 31 at the end of the first round. You know, if if they get a top if they if they get a top quality defensive end, would they still want to bring in Carlos Dunlap? I don't think so. I think they would end up going with somebody like Justin Watson because they're not going to be investing a first round pick in a wide receiver and they're going to need some depth at, at that position. I think that uh, Jarek McKinnon is kind of in that same boat that whether or not he comes on depends on whether they find somebody that think they can use uh, in the draft at running back. Yeah. I'm going to continue with my theme and, and go with Watson based upon some of the things that I've been saying. Like I, I think they use premium picks to take an offensive lineman. I think they use premium picks to take a, a edge rusher. I'm not sure about them taking a wide receiver because I think those are greater needs as great as McKinnon was as awesome as it was to see that December and January run. He signed late. Their other running back that was Mm -hmm. effective this year was a seventh round pick. I also think that they select a running back. I don't think it's in, that that top tier, but I, I think right. it's somewhere along the lines they select a running back because unfortunately of, of all the positions in the league that we've seen are very much replaceable, it's running back. And I'm not saying you insert any running back into McKinnon's role and, and they thrive, especially at a college considering all that pass pro stuff, but it's a, it's a teachable position. And I just, I think McKinnon, although I don't think he's going to be overly expensive in the grand scheme of things, we'll price him out of what the Chiefs want to pay for what he brings to the table. And that's just the running back game right now. Like you had out of L.A. in the division, Austin Eckler say today, look, I, it looks like I'm going to have to just play with the Chargers for this one year and bet on myself. It's like you're betting on yourself at 29. Like how long do running backs play? They don't play much mm-hmm. past 30. And so it's, it's a tough position to be. If you, if you have a, a kid that might be what they call a tweener, Wide out, wide out, wide out. Make him play <laughs> wide receiver because that that's going to be the way to go. Steve, I see you, you have something to say, yeah. I just would say that I think Justin Watson could still come back and they could still bring back Carlos Dunlap. Like, I think both of those things. Sure, well, that would be that would be cheating, Steve. We are, are for one play. play. <laughs> um, like, I think Justin Watson is going to be a chief next season. Um, I do, too. And, and for very little. And we know that Mahomes likes him. Steve, yeah, right. I think that, that's what to me. They love McKinnon too. Like, how many times last season did we hear Andy Reid just praise what an incredible teammate, locker room guy Jarek McKinnon is? I just think it, his age and how much they have to manage his snaps just to kind of get him to the end of a season. I think you're at a point where you're like, yeah, we can probably move off of that and we'll be fine. Well, and I don't think, I think we're now at the point too where Jarek McKinnon is not going to be commanding a big salary. If he was going to command a big salary, He'd have already been signed, you know, but he gets, but don't you think like a team is going to go into a a draft maybe with less picks than the 10, the chiefs have John and say, we need a running back them not really being in the right 
as Brad Veach likes to describe, pocket to do it, and then McKinnon's value will go up post-draft? It could be, but I wouldn't count on that. And I think it's also important to realize that uh, outside of Kansas City, I think most people in the NFL are not seeing much past his checkered injury history, which he definitely has. I think the and NFL it, sees the, what the Chiefs did with Damian Williams, too. right? They made Damian Williams and Spencer Ware and Sharkhandrick West like pretty relevant, right? Mm-hmm, so right. is it the player or is it right. that beautiful mind of, of head coach right. Andy Reid and that right. mustache? Yeah, and and that's gonna and that's gonna make, tend to detract from his value, making him more valuable to the Chiefs than he would yeah. be to any other team. So, as always, we'll see how it plays out. We'll keep you updated right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, certainly at arrowheadpride.com as we're gearing up for the NFL draft. We're posting two potential Chiefs picks per day to keep you interested and to to try to give you guys some names to look out for on draft night, whether it be night one, night two, or day three. I know that a lot of you guys will be going down in Kansas City, so. Be sure to read. Uh, as you know, Steve is going to keep the, the content pushed out right here on the, the podcast network. If you leave a rating and a review, we will read it right here on the Airhead Pride Editor Show. We had a week without a review. So if you ever thought, oh, man, when should I leave that special review from my favorite guys, John and Pete? This is the week to do it because <laughs> the floor is open. <laughs> they say in radio, the phone lines are open. Yes, Power review, of suggestion. <laughs> the review lines uh, are certainly open. I, I said I'd mention it on, on the show. Uh, a Dynasty Begins is available for you at twitter.com slash an Easy link. It's also available in stores. So if you want to remember the Super Bowl championship season, that's available to you. Thanks again to Steve for not only uh, looking as devilishly handsome as, as Ron the show likes to say as he does today, but the sounder and then um, the, the great answer for the game before trying to later ruin the game, um, which we, we, we steered back in the right direction, thankfully. So thank you to Steve. Thank you to John. My name is Pete Sweeney. This has been another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month, every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.